for Greg Carrasco. Kick it. Whoa, it's the Greg Carrasco show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this white go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guest from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb Tens of thousands on his lawn, he's even followed by your mom Broadcasting live, here is your warning The topics are flowing every Saturday morning Car talk like Sherlock, the guy knows wheels like a Dow stock Movie talk on a boardwalk, shoot facts like a tomahawk So entertaining, turn up the station There's no more waiting, this show is beginning It's too late to escape, let's go Here's your host Greg Carrasco. Slackers, um, this is a, you know, there, there are some, you know, technical things that we normally go through and, and sometimes when you have your headset, you know, your headset on, you're able to hear yourself and uh, it's, you know, it's a little bit different this morning because I can't do that. But um, how was your week, guys? Yeah, it was a good week. Um, anxiously awaiting some announcements from the Ontario government about when uh, we're going to be able to open up. Because uh, as uh, we've stated in the past, there isn't a whole lot of excitement going on in our lives right now. But uh, I've been enjoying the beautiful weather, had a busy week at work, very productive. How was your week? You know, it, it hasn't been too bad. I mean, business is picking up a little tiny bit. May was tough. Uh, I think that I speak on on behalf of just about anybody that worked in the car industry for the month of May, um, it was quiet. We uh, we didn't see the uh, the total industry numbers that we were expecting to see, and um, despite the fact that uh, April was uh, also in the middle of a lockdown, April was a phenomenal phenomenal uh, month, but May was not the same. At least not for us, anyways. We still managed to do relatively okay in relation to the in relation to the industry, but. Um, in relation to ourselves from the previous month, and I always try to measure myself against my own performance for the previous months. Uh, it was tough. So what has happened since is that the programs have changed. The incentives have just gone through the roof. Uh, I mean, if people only knew uh, what is available to them right now in order for them to buy a car, they would certainly not be waiting. And uh, we've, we've discussed this before, Ken, here on the show, the... Um, uh, the microconductor shortage that is creating a, a, a crazy short supply of product for car manufacturers. Uh, you're not going to feel it right now because I think that a lot of dealerships have enough vehicles to last for a little while. But uh, come the end of July, uh, August, and September, you're going to see a massive shortage of new and used vehicles in the marketplace. Uh, do you remember that we've talked about this, Ken? I actually saw an article in Moto Trends this week saying that Tesla's new graphics chip concept uh, should have the same performance as that of a PS5 computing unit. 
So much more higher or much higher speed, uh, much higher capability than the old chip. Now, the problem with using the new chip in the Tesla is that it's going to put them at a manufacturing disadvantage because, like you said, there isn't enough chips in the market. So it's going to make it difficult for them to be producing cars at the same rates given the fact that there's this worldwide shortage. Well, and I, I think that many many customers don't um, don't know. I mean, they sh they shouldn't really. It's not something that uh, should have any impact on on your life. But uh, most car manufacturers, believe it or not, depend on one or two major supply suppliers of microconductors that is used for um, most vehicles that are being produced today. And the uh, the problem through the pandemic is that there was a couple of incidents that took place. I mean, there was a there was a big fire in one of the largest producers of microconductors on the planet, and that created the, uh, a trickle-down effect that is being felt by everyone. Uh, but also, most vehicles today will have a, a minimum of 10 onboard computers, and a lot of people don't know this, right? So most vehicles today, folks, have an average of 25 to 30,000 parts. And within those twenty-five to 30,000 parts, there are an average of 10 onboard computers that whether they're there to measure your emission system, whether they're there to measure your uh, telematics, with, you know, there to measure all your safety uh, systems that you have within the vehicle. And this is one of the main reasons why I always tell you folks that you need to get yourself an extended warranty because car manufacturers have gotten smarter over the years in which the the comprehensive as it used to be called bumper to bumper there is no such a thing as a bumper to bumper warranty anymore uh, most car manufacturers will give you a three year sixty comprehensive warranty uh, in in the on the on the luxury side of vehicles uh, you get four year one hundred thousand uh, kilometer comprehensive warranty but in the mainstream vehicles whether it's uh, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Volkswagen, Hyundai, Kia, and so on, you will get a three-year, 60, uh, comprehensive warranty. And, and what that warranty really covers is everything uh, that comes from the manufacturer, from manufacturer defect, uh, that is not a wearable item, whether it's tires, brakes, uh, windshield, and, and so on. But the number one thing, uh, the number one coverage that expires at the end of those three years is your electronics so anything that has to do with electrical the electrical side of your vehicle will not be covered under that warranty and a big aspect of this is the microconductors and the computers now uh, at one point in my life I, I bought a u7 series bmw and um, the ecu for the exhaust system can uh, it was an older vehicle but the ecu on the exhaust system was about three thousand dollars Imagine yeah. having a ten-year-old vehicle <laughs> with a with a problem with the exhaust system, and you need to change a chip that is going to cost you three thousand dollars. I mean, at that point, you might as well write the vehicle off because the price of that computer or the of the microchip is going to be more than fifty percent of the value of the vehicle that you're trying to fix, and and that is just the part itself. It's not even the uh, the installation. So I think that many people uh, should take a closer look that the correlation between safety and electronics in your vehicles. I mean, the more safety features your vehicle have today, the more components that could potentially go wrong the vehicle 
will have. And on that basis alone, I think it's is important that you take into consideration those extended warranties that are offered to you at the dealership level. Um, you know, today is a, it's a pretty special day, um, Ken. I don't know uh, if you, uh, I mean, you did study history, American history, correct? I did, but uh, you'll have to forgive me. June, the significance of June sixth, is lost on me. Oh man, you know I, I I'm sorry that I do this to you, Ken. But uh, today is uh, today is D Day. Today is the day that uh, all the Allied troops landed on the beaches of Normandy back in 1944, which essentially initiated the end of. World War Two, you know, I was um, I was fortunate enough uh, when my um, my eldest son turned eighteen. Uh, I've discussed this on the show before. We uh, I gave him a choice of uh, getting a, a car because he was off to university or going on a trip with me to Europe. So smart boy, he picked the trip to Europe, and uh, he knew I was going to buy him a car anyways. So we <laughs> we, we decided smart guy. to <laughs> we decided to. Um, get lost in France and um, Belgium and the Netherlands. So we landed in Paris and then uh, we worked our way up to the beaches of Normandy. So um, uh, that was the first time I went. We were able to look at Point to Hawk, Juno, Oham, Omaha, uh, and uh, we, we literally just walked the beaches of Normandy. And uh, I got to tell you, folks, I think that everybody at some point in their lives they need to walk those beaches and go into those cemeteries and, and understand what took place. Um, I think that many things are getting lost in history and, and the price that was paid by all those people back in, in World War II uh, seems so distant now. I mean, it's, gonna, it's almost 80 years since this took place. And uh, I, unfortunately, as a, as a civilization, I don't think that we've done a good enough job to remembering and reminding our youth uh, of the importance of these events and um, you know un unfortunately uh, we um, you know we're here stuck on the radio on a Sunday which is not our traditional time but uh, I think it was important to send uh, you know my thoughts to all the families um, of the Canadian Armed Forces that uh, had members uh, that participated in World War One and the Great War and, and World War Two, and especially in today um, you know June the 6th um, now, folks, this show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, and we are the home of the no-commission salespeople, and now that has been evolved into something that we call the Freedom Promise. The Freedom Promise essentially eliminates all the anxieties that you could have about buying a vehicle and puts to rest your, your, your soul, your mind. You don't, you don't ever have to worry about buying a vehicle anymore because not only you don't have to pay commissions anymore, um, when you finance any new, new or used product out of Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, you have 30 days or 1,000 kilometers uh, in order for you to just bring it back and exchange it for something of equi equivalent value and uh, no questions asked. Um, we do realize that sometimes people will make a mistake or they think that the vehicle is, is going to suit a need that doesn't do it uh, within the first two weeks. And uh, we don't want you to feel bias remorse that you can always come back and exchange it, whether it's new Nissan, new Infiniti, or any one of our used vehicles. This is 30 days or 1,000 kilometers. And, I, and the most important one of the, uh, the aspects of the Freedom Promise is now you don't have to negotiate with professional negotiators. We give you 
a pre-negotiated price. Uh, that is, we are using the most strategic uh, market data for you to never pay more or any less than anybody else in the marketplace so you have a competitive advantage for a pre-negotiated price. So you don't have to come and negotiate at my stores. We will give you our best price right up front, and we will make sure that you are looked after. Now, we're going to take a small break, folks, and on the other side of the break, I'm going to talk to you about Things that you need to do or things that you need to know before you buy a used vehicle, especially if you're buying a used vehicle from a private seller, which is a big mistake in my opinion. But uh, uh, if you are, if you have the proclivity to take chances that you don't need to take or if you like uh, uh, taking risk unnecessary just to save some money, I think that uh, you may want to listen to the show. And if you have any questions about buying cars, selling cars, leasing cars, getting rid of vehicles, trading vehicles, you can call us, 416-870-1050 is the number, 416-870-1050 is the number. And this is The Greg Carrasco Show with my friend Ken Stapen here with Canada's largest automotive radio show. We'll be right back after the break. Uh, but apparently Canada won the semifinals yesterday. Uh, who, who did they play yesterday, uh, Ken? Uh, they were playing the USA. It's actually been a little bit of a surprising run for the Canadians through the tournament. We uh, um, don't usually talk sports on the show, but given the scheduling change, I think it makes sense in this instance. It wasn't their strongest roster, to put it lightly. So kind of a surprise, given their uh, early results in the tournament, that they've been able to push through to the gold medal game. But here they are, so they'll be playing uh, a little bit later this afternoon rather than this morning. So who are they playing against for the, uh, for the gold medal? I believe it's Finland, Finland that won yeah. yesterday. Yeah, they're playing Finland. It's a rematch of a couple of years ago, actually, so should be interesting. Is is Finland a country? I'm joking, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Do they even have a team? Is that what I... <laughs> when it comes When it comes to hockey, they're really strong. <laughs> it's like giants in Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're probably top five in the world, I'd say. Top five, top six. They're always uh seem to be sniffing around in these for tournaments. Hockey. So yeah, it'll be a for it'll be a good players? Yeah, it'll be a good a good matchup for sure. Well listen, when you live in Finland it's like dark and cold for eleven months of the year. What else do you have to do? Yeah, you got like they're very good at uh, the winter the winter sports it seems. And like you said, uh, or like you were saying uh, when it's so cold there for so much of the year, not really a surprise. Also, in fairness, so would it be s- in fairness to Finland, uh-huh. I've heard very good things tourism-wise about like friends that have gone visited those countries and stuff. Like it's a tremendous place, apparently. So, would it be fair to say that uh, this afternoon, when they play the Canadians, they will be Finnish? <laughs> the tur- the tournament will be finished. Yes, Badoomch. <laughs> Uh, oh, Greg, you'll you'll love this one. Sorry. You'll love this one, Greg. There's always the the shortcomings of like the Swedish national team is always like a pretty highly documented thing. So like the terms out there now where it's all Swedish, no Finnish. <laughs> well, that will be the end of the uh, of the run for the uh, for the Finnish team. But you know, good luck to the Canadian team this afternoon. I don't watch. Uh, sports. I don't follow sports. I don't. Uh, I don't really like sports. But uh, yeah, I know this is a sports station, so we need to represent. <laughs> so for that, I have Ken here. Ken seems to know a thing or two about sports. No, 
Yeah, well, we're happy to always happy to chat about it. But the primary goal of uh, this show is to talk about cars and the car industry. As we always say, it's the number one automotive radio show in Canada. So, Greg, let's uh, bestow some of your knowledge on us and the listeners. Well, that's what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do this morning. But, folks, don't forget that uh, Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity are the ones that make this show uh, a thing. So before you buy anything, you, you owe it to yourself to make it down and, um, and talk to us. You'll be surprised at the, the sort of information and the sort of experience that you're going to have at the store. You know, um, this, this past month has been an interesting month for me for many, many different reasons. I, um, uh, one of my salespeople, Ken, um, his name is Derek. We call him WeChat. He's always on WeChat. Whenever he's at work, he's on WeChat. So WeChat is his name. Um, bought a CBR600RR, which is um, you know, a 600cc motorcycle. And my first motorcycle ever was a CBR600F4. This was back in the late 90s. So I was outside. It was a nice sunny day. He said to me, uh, Greg, why don't you ride it? So I said, nah, I don't, I don't, I don't have a, my helmet with me, and I don't like to get on other people's motorcycles. He says, no, 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 don't worry about it. So after like a second of trying to convince me, Ken, um, I, was, um, I was tempted. So he brought me his helmet, completely unsanitary. Uh, <laughs> I decided to take this CBR600RR for a bit of a boot. Uh, I've been riding motorcycles for the last 20 years, and for the last you know, 10, 15 or so, I've been riding Harleys. I have... I have had several V-Rods, which is my favorite motorcycle. So anyways, I, I took the, um, the CBR600RR. Uh, I took it down Bronte Road onto the QVW. And um, in probably two seconds, you know, it went from Bronte to Third Line, which is, it put a permanent smile on my face. I, I have forgotten how much I enjoy riding sports bikes. And so I came back. We talked about it. I asked him how much money he had paid for it, where he bought it, and so on and so on. And then as we continued with the conversation at, at work, uh, I went on AutoTrader, you know, like a lot of people do. And lo and behold, one of the first things that popped up on my feed was the identical bike, Ken, the exact same bike that was my first bike back in 1999. And uh, I even have pictures of my son, Josh, on it when he was a baby. So he's... Leaning on top. This afternoon, when I see him, he's gonna. I'm gonna take another picture of him on that motorcycle just to look at the progression. But anyways, so I, I saw this picture that came up on Auto Trader, and um, against all my own wisdom, Ken, against everything that I know, <laughs> I reached out to these people. Um, I never rode it. You know, it was only a few thousand bucks. It's not. It wasn't a big deal. It wasn't a big investment. So I, I called the folks. We didn't do any really negotiating. I felt that the price was reasonable. And I said to the lady that was coming from uh, Port Dover or something, uh, I asked the lady that if she could drop the bike off, that I would buy it. So once she found out who I was and what I did and so on, she trusted and she brought the bike to the dealership and left it there. I gave her the money. Off she went. Not ever test driving it, not ever looking into the history, not ever looking into anything, not getting it inspected, nothing. I just took it, okay? I just took it like a newbie, all like a rookie. 
and my emotions took the best of me, Ken, because it was such a unnecessary and nostalgic purchase that eh, I figured, what could possibly go wrong with a three thousand dollar bike? <laughs> I'm, I'm, assu I'm assuming that this whole story is foreshadowing for something terribly, terribly going wrong here. Ah. <laughs> uh, anyways, so. I, I got the motorcycle. I got it. Um, I did the safety on it. I you know, got it insured. Boom. Bob Suranko. I have my old bike back. And I can tell you, and it was like an old T-shirt. Um, it's the same color, same everything. I took it for a couple of runs, and it was just, you know, it's not the fastest bike. It's not the most athletic. It's not the most high-performance bike, but it was just my first bike. So off he went. She went. Um, within a day, Ken. Ken, listen to me, man. Within a day of me riding this stupid bike, I was up the highway. Uh, it was in the evening because I like to ride in the evening. All my gauges, boom, they collapsed. I had no speedometer, no tachometer, no signals, no backlights, no brake lights, nothing. And I'm in the middle of the highway. And anyone that rides a motorcycle uh, knows this. You are riding at nighttime. If you don't have brake lights, it's is certain death that's it's not big good. trouble yeah it's big big trouble and your hand signals don't work <laughs> people can't see you so that was the first night um i i, I parked it back uh, in my place and uh, it sat there for a few days because i needed to find a way to get it to the office i took it back to the office there was a fuse that was blown we replaced the fuse everything is working again next ride exact same thing um there is an electrical problem that is intermittent. We can't, we, we, we can't get it to work. Uh, second thing is that after not riding it for a couple of days, we, we boosted it. It doesn't work. The battery is completely shut. The alternator is not regenerating the battery. So I I this motorcycle, as when I look at it, it's such a beautiful thing. Uh, when I ride it, it's such a terrible thing. It has completely ruined my experience with my bike, but it also it has reinvigorated my quest that I have here on the Carrasco show to share with you some of my own experiences. And some, some of you may say, but well, that's not real data, Greg, because those are your experiences. This is not the scientific, it's all anecdotal experience. And that's the way that people that complain sound to me in my head. So <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's not you, but that's the way that people that complain sound to me in my head. So this has re revitalized, it has reinvigorated, it has redirected re-energized my, my resolve to share some knowledge with you of the things that I have experienced in the car industry. And I can tell you, folks, that the stuff that I see happening every single day in the car industry is something that you simply don't want to go into the, into the world without the necessary tools, without the necessary knowledge and wisdom for you to make a good buy-in decision. So now... You know, saying this, Ken, I mean, the lady that I bought the, that motorcycle from, it's an older lady, she seems like the nicest person on the planet. She seems so nice. So you immediately assume and do the often wrongful comparison between nice and good. Just because somebody is nice, it doesn't make them good. Just the bike, because the bike looked nice, it doesn't make that bike a good bike. Or it's the same thing that applies to a used vehicle. Just because the vehicle looks nice, it doesn't mean that the vehicle is good. So, 
for the next little while, I want to talk to you about things that you need to know before you buy a used car. And, and this is going to be, uh, as it pertains specifically almost, specifically almost to a private sale. And the reason why I want to talk to you about buying a vehicle in the private market is because if you knew what I know after almost three decades in the car industry, you would never, ever, ever buy a vehicle from a private seller. And I know that many of you are going to say, oh, what are you talking about, Carrasco? You know, I've done it five or six times. I save a lot of money because I don't want to pay the dealers for the overhead and so on and so on. You know, again, that's the way that people sound in my head. Um, I, I understand that some of you have lucked out, but the reality is that when you have lucked out and you've had a good experience buying a, a private vehicle, it's more the exception. It's not the rule. Now, if you have had any experiences by buying a private vehicle out there, good or bad, call us. 416-870-1050 is the number, and this is the Greg Carrasco Show here with my friend Ken Staple. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show and uh, we are live uh, usually we are live uh, on saturday mornings but you know there are some sporting events that are taking precedent right now and just a quick reminder that for the next two weekends apparently there is this sport that is called i think that a lot of people like it i don't even know i think it's called <laughs> soccer <laughs> uh that's if you're north american for the rest of the planet football um so uh, apparently a big tournament is happening for the next two weekends so we are not on for the next two weekends the show is still on folks we haven't been canceled we are still on so we will come back when the the euro is that what it's called the euro is that this happening in the next two weekends Ken? yes and technical producer ben could probably uh, give us some more insight he's uh, the big soccer representative here but yes it is the euro which is the tournaments for all the nations in europe uh pretty big pretty big deal a lot of high fleet high uh I guess uh, high, the highest skill level in the professional game, a lot of them are European players. So it's a very, very big tournament. Does, does Ben follow? Ben, do you follow the Euro? I'm a big, big soccer guy. Or Sorry, Greg, uh, football. Oh, yeah? you know, I, I grew up in Canada, Foot, so I'm yep. always, it's always been soccer to me. But, yeah, I am, I am a big, big football soccer guy. Um, Euro as well, yeah. Who do you think is going to win? Oh. It's, That's a tough I mean, question. It's a really tough question. I'm myself. I'm a supporter of England. Um, I've got some English background. Why? So, sorry, sorry to hear I've that. Got, I've got English background, so <laughs> you know, I I support them when it comes to that. Fortunately, I haven't seen Canada in a World Cup since I've been born. So, but I feel like that could change very, very soon. So, I England's got nice, England's got a really good team on paper. Um, I think it's it's really hard to not favorite France right now, though. They look really good. They won the last tournament, didn't they? They won the or World Cup. That, that, that was yeah. the World Cup. They won the most recent World Cup. Portugal won the most recent Euro. Well, you know, good luck to whoever plays best. I, I don't, uh, you know, it, it, is it bad to say that I really don't care about soccer? No, if it, uh, to be honest, I feel like it's the probably the least favorite of the big five sports as far as North Americans are concerned. But obviously, we all know the popularity of the game worldwide. Uh, you know, I never saw, I never even knew that hockey existed until I came to Canada. <laughs> I'm not and that, joking. And then you, and then you ended up here. 
<laughs> you're telling yeah, me. Yeah, and I, I never knew that baseball was an actual thing. You're telling me you never tried playing for the Chilean national hockey team, Greg? <laughs> I never saw snow until I came here, dude. Yeah, touche. Um, the the only uh, the only experience that I ever have with hockey, uh, Ben, you know, back in the day, I think I was about 29 years old. I was I was lured into uh, a pickup hockey league when I was working with my buddies at Acura at the time, and uh, I thought, how difficult can it be, right? So I went out into the marketplace. I went to play it against sports. I remember I wasn't going to buy new stuff, but I bought the most amazing equipment. I I look good, like. Honestly, I look so good. Um, you know, Vapor 8 too. gel. <laughs> Vapor 8 gel skates. I had everything. And I remember taking a couple of steps on the ice. And you know when babies, they, you know, they first start walking side by side like ducks. And um, I got on the ice. And I kid you not, man, maybe it was three or four minutes with me in my hockey career. And I got slammed by this. 55-year-old ex-firefighter that just crushed me. My uh, he blew up my ACL and and, and MCL. Uh, my knee was shot. I was out of commission for like seven months. I was walking with a cane. So and that, and that was, was the end of your uh, hockey career. <laughs> that was the end of my hockey career. It lasted about beautiful four minutes. If you took a picture of me with the equipment, you say, "Oh man, that dude knows what he's talking about." But uh, that was that was it. So that was the last time I, I put anything slippery between myself and the ground. Um, so I don't know how people do that. But anyways, let's go back to what I was talking to you before. You know, uh, hockey is and sports is certainly not my area of expertise. But when it comes to cars, you know, there is where I live. I reside in that ecosystem. And um, uh, again, if you have a question about buying a vehicle and or you're looking at something in the private market or even in a, a car dealership and you want to know what my opinion is or what you're what you're about to do, call me, 416-870-1050 is the number. We are on live. Now, the, the following points that I'm going to discuss with you are going to carry on to the next hour. And these are points that if you don't have a reasonable answer from the person you're trying to buy the vehicle from, you should literally stand up if you're sitting down or turn around if you're facing this person and just walk away. Let's just Don't say anything else. You, you, you don't have to say another word. You don't owe this person anything. You don't know them. You don't like them. Uh, you will never see them again, probably. So you can literally just turn around and walk away. Okay? Uh, that's how important this information is. And if you are helping your kid and you want to save them some money and you want to go and see with some in Kajiji and maybe car gurus or auto trader and this vehicle is being uh, sold by, uh, you know, between quotes here, private seller, the chances are, in uh, the statistic from OMVIC, and I, I want to have OMVIC on the show within the next few weeks, the statistic from OMVIC says that almost 65% of all the private transactions in the province of Ontario, and believe it or not, in, in Quebec it's even higher, it's, it's close to 70% of all the private transactions that appear on all the marketplaces for used vehicles are actually are actual wholesalers and dealers posing as private sellers. This is highly illegal, folks, but because everybody wants to save a quick buck, 
uh, they expose themselves in, they put themselves in harm's way, and uh, they end up making mistakes like the one that I made by buying that motorcycle in the private market, even though I bought it from what seemed to be a nice person. So the first thing that you need to worry about this is, is the following. If, is the seller the owner of the vehicle? Okay, I'm, I'm going to repeat this. Is the seller the owner of the vehicle? How do you confirm this? Number one, you need to look at the driver license of the person that's selling you the vehicle. And then you need to look at the ownership of the vehicle that is being sold to you. And those two names must be on both sides of the ownership. Now, the ownership, when you look at a piece of green paper, I, I think most people know what an ownership looks like. It's got two sides. One is the vehicle portion of the ownership, and the other one is the plate portion of the ownership. One guarantees that you own the plates. The other one guarantees that you own the car. Now, you're going to say, but don't you own both always? No, you don't. For example, if you lease the vehicle, the vehicle is actually owned by the leasing company or let's say Nissan Canada Finance or Toyota Canada Finance, Honda Canada Finance. So the, the vehicle portion of the ownership is going to say the name of the actual financial institution. And the plate portion of the ownership is going to show your name because if you get a parking ticket, if you go to the 407, you pay your bills, whatever that is for your insurance, that is going to show your name. So now, if the name of the person on that driver license does not appear on the ownership, you are about to be victimized and you are about to engage in fraudulent tax evading activity. Does this make sense, Kent? I, I, can, can you picture what I'm talking about right now? Yeah, well, we talk about this all the time, and this is a practice that I didn't realize was as prevalent in the Canadian marketplace as it actually is, and it's called curbsiding. When the owner or the seller of the car, who oftentimes is not the owner, is posing to be, and it can get you into a really precarious situation where uh, the person who's selling the car is not being upfront and honest about their relationship to the vehicle. And ultimately, it puts the consumer in a bad position, whereas there's many, many more protections if they're able to go through the traditional, uh, I guess, guidelines and the traditional uh, protections that the consumer has when they go through a licensed dealership. Yeah, they, they, they really don't have that. And folks, it, I, I cannot emphasize to you enough how crucial it is that you are in possession of this information. If the name of the seller... If the name of the person that you're dealing with is not the person, it's not the name that appears on the ownership on the on the vehicle side and on the plate side, that person, number one, is not allowed to sell you that car. The vehicle is not theirs. <laughs> so they're literally selling somebody else's property without their consent, regardless of the fact that they may have this the, the selling portion of the ownership. Because when you turn the ownership around, and the back says, you know, seller. So regardless of the fact that they have the actual signature of whoever was selling that vehicle, you are not allowed to engage into any business transaction with a person whose name does not appear on the ownership. It is so important, folks. That right there is where all the fraud tax evasion comes from. So this is criminal activity that has been penalized by the Canadian government and also by all the bodies that regulate the car industry in the pro in, across the provinces. So in, in, in Ontario, it's OMVIC, the Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council. In every month, folks, if you want to see who is doing this, 
You just need to go into OMVIC and look for curbsiders, and then it will give you a list of all the people that habitually do this. So there are repeat offenders, just like drunk drivers. You know, when somebody does this once, they're going to continue to do it because they re- literally have to not pay taxes on the money that they're taking from you. You know, we're going to take a small break. There's a lot more ty- to dissect in, in what, I'm on, uh, what I'm teaching today. So, folks, this show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Uh, we are open for business. Before you make any car buying decision, you owe it to yourself to come and see me at the store. Remember, we have no commission salespeople. It's 2021, folks. Why are you still paying commission when you buy a car? Don't. We're going to take a small break, and we'll be right back. And for the next two weeks, uh, we will be off because of the euro that's taking place. It's not because the show is going anywhere. We'll be right back uh, three weeks from now. Uh, the regular time slot, which is Saturday mornings from 8 a.m. until 11 a.m. So do not dismay. Do not despair. Don't be sad. You can still go and download the podcast and listen to us without any commercial interruptions. So you can listen to the show whenever you want. I encourage you folks to subscribe to the Carrasco podcast. And uh, you can listen to us on your own time whenever you feel like it. This hour, we've been talking about things that you need to know before you buy a used car, specifically as it pertains to the used car market. Have you, I think that you've only bought vehicles in the used car market, no, uh, on the private market, Ken? Uh, for me, it's gener- generally, yeah, they've all been used cars. Um, generally, there's a fair amount of research that goes in. Like, uh, for example, my car that I'm driving now, uh, your favorite, uh-huh. the 2007 Chrysler Pacifica. Uh, when we when we, <laughs> when, uh, when we got that car, we actually bought it from I believe it was Enterprise Rent a Car. So it was a car that they were renting. Uh, they obviously they generally buy those cars, run them for about twenty or thirty thousand miles, and then they sell them. That's about it. Yeah. So that's basically like when we bought that car. It was it was basically like it was a pretty new vehicle, and generally those rental companies do take pretty good care with the maintenance, like and all that sort of stuff. So I've been fortunate that I haven't had any mechanical <clears throat> issues. But having said that, how many kilometers do you have in the car? Uh, it's actually it's uh, it's getting up there now. It's getting a little bit long in the tooth. It's uh, about two hundred thirty thousand kilometers now. Well, I I think that um, two hundred thirty thousand kilometers is not. A lot of kilometers if you're looking after the car. I mean, vehicles, vehicles today should last you up to half a million kilometers is, uh, if, if you do your maintenance, and, and that's the caveat, right? Um, but, uh, you know, again, you've lucked out. So this is more the exception, yeah. not the rule. So the, the number one thing that I mentioned to you folks, if you're looking at buying a used vehicle in the private marketplace, if the name that you see on the driver license of the person that's selling you the vehicle is not the name that appears on the ownership, um, walk away. Just you don't have to say a single word to this person anymore. Don't ask for an explanation. Don't don't demand any any sort of backup or or story as to oh, this person is selling it for their aunt or their grandparents or or their kid. No, no, no. Don't. Just stop it. Stop. Turn around. Walk away. You need to walk away. You are about to get yourself into harm's way, and you don't need to do that. Um, second, is the vehicle safety? Has the safety been performed? It's very important that you understand this, folks. The, the whole idea of an as-is vehicle uh, is not a good notion. 
what it normally means is this, that it costs so much money for a dealership or for an individual to do the safety on this car that they don't want to take the financial burden of bringing it up to road worthiness. So they want that to be passed along to you. So if the vehicle is not safetyed, don't buy it. Now, if it is safetyed, this is something very, very important, and this is a small technicality, okay? Pay attention to this, because this may save you a lot of heartache and money and, and, and just aggravations. If it is safety, please demand the place of where this vehicle was safety. Because I can tell you this, folks. If you drive that vehicle, and within a reasonable period of time, and again, again reasonable is something that is, is, is individual, is subjective. Some people may think that within a month or two months or even three months is reasonable for something to go wrong on a used vehicle. Now, the truth is that even new car dealerships don't know if something is going to go wrong three months from now. I mean, you, we cannot predict the future. Now, by doing all the things that we do to the vehicles before we put them in, in the marketplace, we are trying to eliminate the comebacks because comebacks are very, very painful. So you need to know the name, the location, and the phone number of the people that did the safety on this vehicle because now you have at least a technical recourse. So if something goes wrong with this vehicle that has to do strictly, strictly with the safety, now you can go back and you can duke it out with these folks in court. Now, if they refuse to do this or the safety was performed by some fly-by-night mechanic that still has a safety license that, you know, you see these people all the time across the province of Ontario. They go, they have a look at the car, and they sign the safety. Goodbye, and they get paid $50, $100 per safety that they sign. They never touch the car. We see this happening all the time, folks. And it's very, very important that you have that information. If they don't want to provide it to you, what do we do, Ken? Turn around and you walk away. You don't know hey. a single thing to these folks. Uh-huh. And tell me if this, is, uh, if this is bad advice, Greg, but I feel like if you're getting into a situation where you know, you're not maybe sure of the validity, you could always ask to have the car taken to you, a dealer that, you're, that you know or a mechanic that you know and you trust that has a good reputation and have them take a look at it and provide the safety. Like you said, it'll only cost you 50 or 100 bucks. Just have them take a look over it if you're not sure where, was, where the certification was done. Well, you see, here's the thing, though, that if you take it to a reputable dealership, the, uh, to do a safety diagnostics or to do a safety inspection, uh, they're going to charge you maybe $200 to do a safety inspection. Now, this is just for the inspection. This is not to correct any safety items that may need to be fixed or replaced on the vehicle. So this is just for the safety inspection that you need to pay for this. Now, some people are so cheap that they are willing to sacrifice long-term safety on the vehicle, long-term durability, long-term reliability, f- just for the sake of saving a few bucks. And you don't want to do that. So the two things that we learned in this hour, if the name that appears on the driver license is not the name that you see on the ownership, both sides, plate and vehicle, walk away. Number two, if the vehicle is not safety, walk away. And if it is safety, you need to know the name, the location, the phone number of the person that performed the safety. So now you have some sort of a leg to stand on when it comes to recourse. Folks, we're going to take a short break, very, very short break. 
This show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the freedom promise. You don't have to pay commission anymore. You don't have to negotiate anymore. And you don't have to feel remorse if you ever finance any new or used vehicle from Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We'll give you 30 days or a 1,000 kilometers when you finance any one of our cars to bring it back and exchange it. No questions Ask. We make it so easy, folks, that it's unreasonable for you not to come down and see me before you buy a vehicle. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. I'm not a religious person, folks, but Sundays are sacred. I need to wash my underwear at some point during the week. and <laughs> It's usually Sundays. Thank you so much, TSN, for displacing me. I know that I'm very low in the totem pole. Are you even allowed to say totem pole these days? Anyway, I'm not going to get into <laughs> we, that. But anyways. Yeah, we, we know what you're trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what I'm allowed to say anymore. So I walk that fine line, folks. But anyways, so usually we are we come to you on a Saturday from 8 a.m. until 11 a.m. And um, we are the largest automotive radio show in the country. And this morning we are going to dedicate it for the most part to cars. Um, and it all stemmed from this uh, silly, silly experience that I went through um, because I love motorcycles. I love tattoos. I love beards. I love jujitsu. I don't love cars so much. Cars are a waste of money, which is kind of ironic because this is the largest auto show in the country, and I'm not a car guy. And this is the reason why I can come to you with objectivity, because if you're making a mistake, I'll tell you. Don't waste your money in cars. Don't buy a car if you don't need to, which is kind of weird, because I always tell you folks that the best time to buy a car is when you don't need one. I'll explain that one day. Um, it makes sense in my mind. You see, what, and this is one of the reasons why I don't like leasing, although sometimes you got to do it. You have to do a lease. You know, I, For whatever reason that is, uh, there is a place in leasing in the marketplace, and I think that right now you may want to look at something that Oakville Nissan is doing uh, for the month of June. Uh, you can get the Ajax winner for the best midsize SUV in Canada. The Nissan Rogue, the 2021 Rogue, uh, was the winner of the Ajax Award for the best midsize SUV in Canada. Folks, you need to look at this thing. It's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, you can lease one for 79 bucks a week plus tax, $79 a week plus tax, with only $950 down. Like, that's like nothing. You know, you, you don't buy Starbucks for a month, and you have enough money for the down payment for this thing. Um, and it's only a 39-month lease. So if leasing is your, is your cup of tea, you may want to come down to Oakville Nissan, and we will give you a 2021 Rogue, which is beautiful, for $79 a week plus tax, with only 950 down on a 39-month lease. Now, if you like the more refined things in life, and you're looking for a luxury mid-size SUV, uh, you can now get what, in my opinion, is the absolute sexiest mid-size luxury SUV in the Canadian marketplace, and it's also one of the best-kept secrets. Uh, you can get a 2021 Infiniti QX50. If you haven't looked it up on the web, look it up. Look it up now. Go. Google. Infiniti QX50. Done. You can get one for $4.99 a month, plus tax, with only $29.99 down on a 27-month lease. This is pretty short. That's a, that's a really good value for the money. So if you're looking at the Acura RDX, which is the big boy in the segment, they, a lot of, they send a lot of those things. If you're looking at the X3 BMW, if you're looking at the Q5 Audi, if you're looking at the Lexus NX, don't. 
at least don't buy it until you come down to Oakville Infinity because Oakville drives Infinity. And uh, have a look at that new QX50. It's absolutely stunning, folks. Um, you'll know what I'm talking about when you get into the one that we have in the showroom. It's beautiful. So, again, I have to say that because Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, they pay the bills. So we need to send business that way. And also, since I have no life, I live there. Uh, if you want to come and see me, I'll give you this advice in person. But don't show up empty-handed. Bring me a coffee. If you can't bring me a venti americano with four long shots of espresso and four steamed heavy cream, bring me a small black Tim Hortons. I'll accept that as a peace offering. A small black Tim Hortons is a peace offering. Why are you laughing, Ken? <laughs> No, no, I know. Uh, well, first off, I always find the rocket fuel, the four espressos with the steamed cream. That's just uh, like an insane coffee. Or I see you. Yeah, you're double fisting uh, for for those. Uh, I know this is terrible radio, but for people on the radio, we do have uh, a Zoom chat since we're doing these from home. I can see Greg holding up uh, both his uh, double fisting, both his Starbucks drinks in the morning. But yeah, that's absolutely jet fuel. And um you know, Tim Hortons is not a bad peace offering if you're not going to go for the uh, quadruple shot of shots of espresso. It's, uh, it's, it's nectar of the gods. Jet fuel <laughs> It's the nectar of the gods. And, you know, I tell you, though, man, when, when they get it wrong, it's enough to set me off for the entire, entire day. Especially when you don't sip it like half an hour after you've left. The Starbucks, and when you you, know, you put that first draw in your mouth and it's the wrong coffee, I can rage out in ways that I can't explain on air. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, listen, there's nothing, especially at a place like that, if you're going to be paying like six or seven bucks for a coffee, the least they can do is uh, make sure it's the correct coffee that you're ordering there. I, I know, man. It's more expensive than fuel. It's literally more expensive than gasoline. But uh, that's a whole different conversation. And this morning, folks, I'm trying to save you a heartache. I'm trying to save you a headache. I'm trying to save you money in a way that you have never known before. And right now, this show is going to be the most hated show by all this fraudulent activities in the marketplace. Because according to industry statistics... Over 60% of all the private transactions that are taking place in today's marketplace. In today's marketplace, if you're looking at a used vehicle in the private market, over 60% of the transactions are being conducted by wholesalers and dealers faking to be private sellers, which are not. So, you know, this morning we're going through the things that it, once you find out what the actual information is, you just need to walk away. You need to, you need to turn around and, and walk away. That's a pretty good sound effect that I. I, <laughs> I, was, I, I, I was saying your your sound effect before of uh, people like other people complaining in your head and your sound effect of people walking away are, are uh, top notch this morning. <laughs> thank you, thank you. You know, I, I I do try. You know, this is the theater of the mind after all. But uh, anyways, so the third thing that you need to look at. The following: you, you buy in a used vehicle, you don't know this person, they seem pretty nice, the chances are that they're not. But anyway, you, you need to ask a few more questions. You, you've vetted the first two things. Then you need to ask, do you have the service records of the vehicle? And have you followed the manufacturer service schedule? Okay? So that's very, very important. If they don't have the service records of the vehicle, you must assume that the service was not done. Okay? And that's number one. Number two, in... 
if they have followed the manufacturer's service records, because it's very, very important that you understand this, folks. Most vehicles today have a predetermined factory service schedule system. If you don't follow that factory service schedule system, there is a very strong possibility that you may be voiding your warranty. The manufacturer is not going to give you warranty on a vehicle that's not being serviced according to the standards. It's very, very simple stuff. Now, if they don't have the service records and they haven't followed the manufacturer's service schedule, you need to just turn around and, and walk away. You need to walk away from this transaction because you are putting yourself in harm's way when it's not really necessary. There are so many vehicles being transacted in, 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 in Canada right now. Let me give you an example. In a healthy market, okay, this is, this is before the government started to control our lives and uh, we went into house arrest for two years and you can actually live in a semi-free socialist society here in Canada. And, um, you know, this is before what's happening right now. At, at one point, uh, our industry has some statistics that we call it the TIV, the total industry volume. Back in 2019, there was almost 2 million new vehicle transactions being performed annually. Okay? So listen to this. It's almost 2, almost 2 million new vehicle transactions performed in the province, I mean, in, in Canada for the year 2019. Now, get a lot of this. There was almost 4 million. <laughs> used vehicle transactions being performed. So the used vehicle transactions in Canada on a yearly basis are double the number of new vehicles being sold in Canada. So now when you look at this, in almost 60% of all those transactions in the private market or the used pre-owned second-hand or third-hand or fourth-hand market are being conducted in a fraudulent manner. That's a pretty scary number of vehicles that are being sold out into the marketplace and fraud being conducted, tax being evaded. And you see, whenever you facilitate, whenever you condone, whenever you lend yourself to get involved into a fraudulent tax system, you are literally helping criminals get away with this sort of thing. And ultimately, we all end up carrying the tax burden. But you know, going back to what I was saying, so if you don't have the service records, you must assume that the service is not conducted. And if they, if they haven't followed the manufacturer service schedule, the chances are that the vehicle will not have any warranty as it pertains to a new car dealership. The fourth thing that you need to ask for is this. Has the vehicle been serviced at the brand of the car? So if you're buying a Honda, has the vehicle been serviced at a Honda dealership? you know simple stuff you know now you start building the value on that vehicle that you're looking for you have vetted the first three things which are the number the, the, the top three things that you need to take into consideration before you you buy a vehicle from a private seller now the fourth one now you're building value into this okay you you build in value if you if the vehicle that you're buying um, it's been serviced. Let's say that you're buying a used Honda. There's a lot of used Honda being sold. Good cars. They, they, they last forever. Uh, and they have been serviced at a Honda dealership and they have all the service records. You are limiting or you are reducing the exposure that you may have by buying this vehicle from a private seller. So that's a big, big, big bonus and an ace in your pocket. Next, 
And this is a very important one, folks. And if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, concerns, if you have been taken for a ride by a private seller, call us, 416-870-1050. We are live right now, so you can call us. You can tell me your horror stories. I want to hear about it. And also, I may be able to give you some solutions, believe it or not. I'm filled with solutions, especially when it comes to the car industry. So, again, the number to call is 416-870-1050. The next one that you need to ask is this. Has the owner of the vehicle sold to you had it for any significant period of time? Is a very important thing to remember. And I can tell you a couple of reasons why. Number one, if the vehicle uh, has been in the owner's, the, uh, the person that's selling it to you's name for two or three years, that's a, le that's a legit use vehicle. That is a legit private sale. That, that person owned that car for a very long time and now they're selling it. If the person has only had it for a few weeks, if they've only had it for a, a couple of months, the chances are that A, they bought it with the intent or the intention of selling it. Okay, that's number one. Number two, they bought it with the intention of keeping it, but they found so many problems with it that now they want to play hot potato with it. Now it's your problem. And guess what? They're not going to tell you. They're not going to tell you, you're going to grab a hold of this potato, you're going to think it's nice and cool, and next thing you know, you're going to squeeze your hand around it and you're going to get burned. So you don't want to expose yourself. If you are buying a vehicle that has only been in the name of the person selling it to you for less than three months, from less than five months, the chances are that there is a backstory there and you don't want to know what the story is. Just, you need to look at the customer in the eye, turn around and walk away. You need to walk away from this because it's not a good sign. Did you agree with this, Ken? Listen, th this is one that's like hits pretty near and dear. Cause I've had friends who have bought vehicles in the past where the owners haven't had it for a long time. It's six months. And then, you know, next thing you know, you know, they're thinking they're getting a great deal on the car. And then all of a sudden you find out that. You know, it's all the oxygen sensors need to rep be replaced or like in the case with your BMW, that's the computer chip controlling the exhaust needs to be replaced where the part itself is $3,000 without even the labor, without even the labor associated with uh, putting that part, new part into the car. So you could really subject yourself to some very expensive repairs by participating in a transaction where the vehicle owner hasn't owned the car for a long period of time. Uh, it's another sign that the person could be curbsiding. It's another sign that's, as you say, the person could be trying to play hot potato with the vehicle. So always be careful and look at the term that the person has owned the car. And if it's been only a couple months, walk away. Um, look at, I'm gonna give you the perfect example. What do you think I'm doing with my motorcycle right now? Uh, I'm going to, well, are you, are you going to get it fixed or are you going to try to sell it? I've, it's already posted. <laughs> it's already, the ad is already posted. The only difference is this, that I'm going to fix it before I sell it. Because I have car dealerships. I, I am an industry. I like to think that I have integrity when it comes to selling vehicles. So I'm not going to give this problem to somebody else. You know, for me, it's more of an emotional thing. You know, I got so turned off by the problems that I've had with this vehicle, with this motorcycle in the last two weeks that I've had it. That's, that's it. I don't want to deal with it. Sorry. There are millions of motorcycles available to me. I'm going to probably buy a new one 
because I can't do. I don't have time. Some people will spend all the time in the world trying to save money, and some people will spend all the money in the world trying to save time. And you need to make the decision of who you are. And there is no right or wrong on this. But that motorcycle that I bought, as beautiful as I think it is, I took a couple of pictures. Is going to be part of you know, the, you know, <laughs> the things that I put on Facebook of GC rides through the ages. Yes, yeah. it's gonna be there. We all like to think of vehicles as some sort of an iconic, romantic thing. No, cars don't care. Cars don't care about you. They don't care about your safety. They don't care about your happiness. Cars have no feelings, folks. And if you don't believe me on this, there is a brilliant. And you know, I I'm I'm a junkie for marketing. There is a commercial that came out there from IKEA about the, a lamp. Have you ever seen this? No habits. I, I don't believe. You, you never so, seen anyways. this? I, I can't, you know, I I encourage you. The next in the next break that we take, go into YouTube and look IKEA commercial lamp. So it shows the story of this lady that looked at a lamp that was sitting there in her house, and uh, eh, the lamp was old, and that uh, she needed to get rid of it. So she bought herself a new lamp, and she. Put the, she placed this old lamp on the curbside with the rest of the garbage. But the lamp could see her owner through the window of the second floor having a good time with a new lamp. And you can see the old lamp sitting there on the curbside, sad. And rain was coming down. And the sad music was playing in the background as if this old lamp had been abandoned. And you, you couldn't help yourself but feeling like so sad for this thing. And the man from IKEA says, "Don't be stupid. It's a lamp. It's got no feelings." <laughs> so you know, I, I think that a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of this thing happens with vehicles. If you, it is your responsibility to make sure that the vehicle cares about you. And if you don't care about the car, guess what? The car won't care about you. If you don't care about your brakes, you won't be able to stop. If you don't care about your tires, your tires will blow up. If you don't care about the engine and changing the oil, guess what? The engine will cease. So the vehicle is only an extension of you and your limitations. So. If the person that's selling the vehicle to you hasn't had it for a long period of time, don't buy it. Just turn around and walk away. The next thing that you need to look at, and this is a very small business technicality, okay? This is the only the more the, the trained minds will um, will will detect this because a lot of people don't know anything about this. If the vehicle that you're buying, okay, is plated with regular plates. If they belong to a private sale, you know, if the, if the vehicle belongs to me, it's going to have regular plates. Um, and you need to have those regular plates in order for the vehicle to be insured. Now, if they have those plates, there is a pretty strong possibility that it's a legit private sale, um, given that you take all the other items into consideration. But look at this. If you see a white plate with red letters, okay, that's number one. If you see a white plate with red letters, or if you see a yellow plate with black letters, those are the two signs of a poisonous uh, animal. You know, like bright color things. You know, in in, in nature. <laughs> the, the, if you the see any one frogs. of those two plates, <laughs> that's right. If you see any one of those, you're about to get bitten by poison because that's a dealer right now trying to pose as a private seller and they're going to sell you snake oil, no pun intended. You need to turn around and 
and walk away, folks. You need to walk away from that transaction because you're not buying the vehicle from a normal, regular human that knows as much as cars as you do. You're buying it from a train professional dealer that's trying to evade taxes. And if you get involved in that transaction, guess what? It's your fault. It is your fault. Now, look at this. I, I, I've said this before, and before we take a small break, uh, I think that a very good practice for this, folks, is something that people say, are you serious? That's a great idea. I never thought about that, Greg. You're so amazing. Yes, I do get that from people sometimes. If you're looking at meeting somebody that's going to sell you a used car, ask to meet them at the local police station parking lot. <laughs> Guess what? They're either going to show up or they don't. If they don't show up, you just save yourself a tremendous amount of headaches. Because I can tell you, if somebody is trying to conduct a fraudulent transaction, they're never going to conduct a transaction at a police station parking lot. And if they do, you're dealing with a whole different level of criminal now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's, a, that's a pretty scary, it's, it's a bold a maneuver. scary situation. <laughs> I, I'll say, you know, you'd be surprised how you know people are willing to do to save some money. But, anyways, folks, we're gonna take a small break. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco show here with my friend Ken Stapen. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show, and we are dropping some wisdom this morning. We are saving you money. We are looking out for you. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, and we are the home of the no commission salespeople. It is 2021, you know. Why are you still paying commission when you buy a new or used vehicle? Don't come and see me. We'll look after you. We'll be right back. So, although you may not hear it, uh, we the show is on. <laughs> no, we have not been canceled yet. <laughs> so we will be back three weeks from now, uh, bringing you all the best content on the radio as it pertains to the car industry. And the reason why this show is so important is because I bring to you, okay? Uh, I bring to you. 30 years of exposure into this obscure industry that is everywhere, except that not many people know enough about, and many people think they know more than they actually do. So this is coming also from a place from someone that doesn't like cars. I'm not a car person. I know I talk about this, and from time to time you see me you know, go on about a G-Wagon or a convertible Mercedes or something like that. It's because you know I'm human. I'm just like you. So from time to time I come across a nice piece of car and I'd like to drive it okay but I'm I don't go out of my way to watch videos for hours and hours and hours and then and talk about horsepower and torque and power bends and compression ratios compression compression ratios and so I don't care I really don't care and neither should you because us marketing companies spend millions tens of millions of dollars convincing you that you are special you're not you're not that special folks believe me you know that's special. You know you're driving a really nice, expensive luxury car, and by all means, go go for it. If you if you feel that you that you earned it, if you if you feel that you're entitled to it, go for it. But you're not that special. The car doesn't care about you, and uh, since the industry statistics shows that ninety five percent of the life of a vehicle is spent with that vehicle parked somewhere. You are literally spending 95% of that money on that luxury car on a driveway ornament. So you need to decide. Are you taking control of your ego and buying what you need? Or is the marketing machine, is the machine winning by victimizing you into believing that you are 
your value to society is only reflected on the car that you're driving. Come on, man. Stop it. Stop it. Yes, I know I sell cars. I get it. But that doesn't mean that I need to be blind to the fact that cars are a waste of money. This is one of the reasons why I, I try to stay away from leasing folks. And, and I said this many times before. You see, whenever there is a transaction, money is being made by somebody. And often it's not even by the dealership because dealerships don't really make a lot of money when, uh, when, when you lease a car. It's not a good transactional thing. So the manufacturer will get you to pay for the highest depreciating years of the vehicle so they can have a second car uh, in the marketplace and then sell you another one in three years. It's so goofy and I can't. <laughs> Look, <laughs> if leasing was good for you, it wouldn't be offered. <laughs> it's like voting. If voting actually meant anything, they wouldn't let you vote. Who was it that said that? I think it was Mark Twain. Or Oscar Wilde, one of those two guys. Dude, did did so, Mark anyways, Twain say that? There's no way that could be a real yeah, he, quote from Mark Twain. Really? I'm telling you. Yes, look it up. If if voting, get on the Google machine uh, right did anything, now. they wouldn't let you do it. Look it up on Google. I'm telling you, <laughs> I I am a living, walking, breathing, talking quote encyclopedia. Yeah, it's fair. I you are to write you, my own. You are you are very well read, so I'll give you the benefit of the doubt on this one. Because, but I've I've never well, heard that ben quote now. before. Yeah, well, we'll let ben that technical producer Ben do some uh, do some digging <laughs> here. But that that's that's crazy He's if that's going, an actual yeah, quote. Yep, yeah, here we go. Mark Twain once said, "If voting made any difference, they wouldn't let us do it." Yeah, touche. <laughs> yes, Carrasco, your uh, brain is still works. <laughs> An Are another you W. What, yeah, another W. Good. That's that's a good one. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> hold on to that one in your, in my back pocket. Uh, it's the same thing with the car industry, folks. Look at this. If leasing was good for you, they wouldn't do it. <laughs> so stop it. You think you know better? You don't. You know, I thought I knew better, and then I just got into the guts. I got into the tripes of the car business, only to understand what I was dealing with. And, and here I am, I am not a broadcaster. So, you know, perhaps the delivery of the show is not the most succinct. Maybe my speech is not the most eloquent. And, you know, I am an ESL after all, uh, but this is coming to you with good intentions. Why? Because I think that there are so many people making mistakes out there buying cars because they think they know better. They, they, they show up at car dealerships and trying to negotiate because they think that they have an actual chance of winning. Eh, you won't. Trust me. The moment you buy a car, you lost. Because if you were to win, the dealership would never sell you the car. Can't you see that? If, you, if there was any possibility of you... Okay. If there was any possibility of you winning on a negotiation, dealerships wouldn't let you do it. So think about that for a second. You will always lose when you go into a negotiation. This is the reason why no negotiating in pricing and give you a pre-negotiated price is probably one of the most important things that could have ever happened. Saturn, Saturn did it. Saturn did it. And because it was good for the customer, guess what happened to Saturn? Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, folks, I love you all except two. I do. I genuinely <laughs> love every single one of you listening to the show except two people and you know who you are and no, I don't love you. But anyways, let's go back to what we were talking about. You know, somebody asked me last weekend, uh, they asked me if I was high on something. And I, I chuckled because, um, you know, I don't smoke. I don't really drink. 
I, I have never tried hard drugs in my entire life. And I'm high on life and, and long shots of caffeine. That is for sure. But uh, <laughs> no, folks, uh, I am high on life. I, I understand that, um, you know, there are two, you know, uh, humans have two lives. I, I heard this once, too. You know, the first one is your life. And the second one is when you re realize that you have only one. So I live my life ferociously. There is not a single day that I don't do everything that I want to do as intensely and passionately as possible. And that show, this show that comes to you, is the exact same thing. It's a reflection of what I do. So if I come across as passionate or crazy sometimes or maybe high on life, so be it. Deal with it. Because the show doesn't care about your feelings. And this morning, we're trying to save you money. This morning, we're trying to save you headaches. This morning, we're trying to put some common sense into this absurd notion that you can bypass an entire system and go to an actual private seller and think that you have the remotest possibility of not making a mistake. When I, one of the biggest think tanks in the car industry history here in Canada. Wow, that's a pretty big thing that I just said. So one of the biggest think tanks of car business history in Canada, because that's my goal, to be one of the most influential car people in the car industry here in Canada. Not bad for an immigrant. If I can make a mistake, knowing all that I know, imagine the level of exposure that you have when you walk into harm's way without the tools that I'm giving you here on the car show. You're welcome. You're welcome, folks. I just saved you a pile of money. So now, We've discussed many, many things here on the show, and now we're going to get to the last three that I think are super important, and uh, you, you need to take this into consideration. You need to ask the private seller, are the kilometers original? Uh, you may say, what do you mean? What, are kilometers not original at some point? Well, that was another one of the problems that I had with my motorcycle, Ken. Guess what? The engine was rebuilt. <laughs> so I have no idea how many kilometers my motorcycle has. And you know, it was my fault. I was stupid. I didn't ask. So when I this, assumed that this person... Huh? Yeah, this might, this might be a, a stupid question. But So if they rebuild the engine, then it, does it yeah. just restart at zero then? Is that, is that the idea? But then it's not necessarily no, an entirely new engine? Or you just don't know how many no, kilometers are on the original versus on the... the you have one. no idea now what is your uh, accurate information on the motor vehicle, whether it's a motorcycle or a car, you have no idea what that is accurate anymore. So I could be buying a vehicle with 200,000 kilometers, and now it could have zero. I don't know. I don't know. And that's the problem. Not knowing is so, so uncomfortable. So if the kilometers are not original, and you have had some engine problems that... Um, you don't really want to elaborate into uh, changing a motor in a vehicle is unless it's a brand new car. Okay, let me put it. There's a caveat here. If you're changing the motor in a car within the first five years uh, and it's under factory warranty, okay, if it's under factory warranty, it's an actual good thing. It's a good thing. Um, all it means is that the manufacturer uh, identified a. Um, a mistake, a, a defect on the production of the engine, and they are willing to give you a brand new engine. That's it. So now you're good because everything has been performed at the dealership. There is recourse. And that is the caveat here. That's the word. That's the operative word, recourse. 
So if it's done by the dealership uh, with the authorization of the manufacturer at an, a factory authorized facility, you're good to go. Anything out of that scope, you are asking for problems. Don't do it. You know, don't trouble trouble until trouble troubles you. So don't ask for problems. If you have the opportunity of buying a vehicle that doesn't have any engine work done and one that has had the engine replaced, don't buy the latter one. Don't do it. It's not necessary. There is enough vehicles out there for you not to get yourself complicated. Um, you know, why do we do this? Let's take a small break, folks, uh, because I'm going to leave a, a, a little bit of a longer segment for the recap of the information that I've provided you uh, in this past two hours. And uh, I think it's important that you, you pay attention to the stuff that's been said here because it's going to save you a lot of problems and a lot of money. Folks, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, and we are the home of the Freedom Promise. We eliminate the most common anxieties of buying a car. No commission sales. We can actually exchange a vehicle when you finance from us after 30 days or a thousand kilometers and you no longer have to negotiate we give you a pre-negotiated price that is below industry standards and it's amazing because now you are safe my commitment to you is that you will be provided with the safest retail environment in the country at Oakville Nissan Oakville Infinity we'll be right back after the break what a breath of fresh air on a Sunday morning <laughs> ah, we are a ray of sunshine in your morning this is Canada's largest automotive radio show. A lot of people don't like to hear that. Yeah. Just want to rub it in the industry's face. The reason why we are Canada's largest automotive radio show is because we bring some objectivity to you. We try to bring some common sense. And uh, you may not know this, but this is a, this is a consumer advocacy show from somebody within the industry. I have infiltrated the ranks, folks. I am trying to generate change from within. I do believe that there is a place for protest. That's not good. That's not good. I'd rather to infiltrate the system and change it from the inside. I've always believed that. You know, I can stand here and just yap about how bad car dealers are and how some of the practices are terrible and so on and so on and blah, 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 blah. And then you go back home and do absolutely nothing. The world is filled with those people telling us what to do and how to change the world and they know better. But then they go home in the luxury SUVs to the million dollar homes in Oakville talk on their cell phones built in China by the nimble little fingers of small Chinese children and you do nothing so what we try to do in the show here is to generate some change we're trying to generate change from within every single person that comes in touch with me will feel the difference will feel protected my bosses don't even know how protected they are by having me working in their organization because I will never let anything bad happen. Why are you laughing, Ken? <laughs> no, no. We're um, just, uh, just having to laugh at some of the examples that you were saying this morning. But it's true. People don't act accordingly or they don't try to you know, actually change anything. And that's one thing that we're trying to change on this radio show this morning, uh, particularly when it pertains to the automotive industry is that we give the information to the consumer so that they don't find themselves in a difficult situation. 
because there's too many people who just like except for example we've been talking about the curb sires all morning they try to take advantage of unsuspecting people to make a quick buck and that's uh and for you being a kind of a double agent as it stands uh being uh, a representative of the automotive community and sharing this information is an extremely important topic of conversation because the consumer a lot of them don't know any better like it and we talk about curbsiding a lot on this program this is something that i wasn't even aware was a practice before i came on this radio show and started doing with you about a year ago so you can never say that i didn't teach you something ken yes See, <laughs> you learned something it's a, from this it's old a, man a, it's curbsiding and uh, Mark Twain quotes for me. That's a, that's a, that'll, be a, that'll be what I take away from this conversation that, this morning. That summarizes it. You know, I, I do have to say that my white beard does give me away, but I've been thinking a lot about shaving it. I don't know why. You know, we are always one decision away from a different life, you know? Hey, listen, I, I'm, I'm not opposed to the change. If you notice, I shaved off my mustache earlier this week, went back to the clean shave. No, look. but that was, that was nasty. That was, that was nasty. Sorry, man. That's, 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 a, that's an improvement. Yeah, to be honest, it was, it, it, it was, uh, it was a necessary change, and I'm, uh, I'm happy with the decision. Anyways, uh, not to get aside from the points, we, we have been talking about curbsiding all morning and how to protect the consumer, and we have uh, a couple more that you should look for, uh, a couple more things that you should be looking for if you are about to make a private sale of a vehicle. Oh, a private purchase, rather. Or a private but, uh, purchase, you know, yeah, I'll, private I'll, purchase, rather. I'll read the last, I'll read the last few, and uh, I'm going to recap soon after. Uh, ask if the vehicle has ever been painted. If it has been painted, stay away. There's people, cars don't get painted for no reason. Cars don't get painted because they look good. You know, something bad happened. That's not a good idea. The next one, if the price is below market value, if, uh, if you look at every single vehicle in the marketplace and they're selling for $15,000, and somehow, because you're so special and so lucky, and the, 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 the car business gods are looking out for you, you see the same car uh, now for $8,000. There is something wrong. Folks, in the car business, when something sounds too good to be true, it is because there's no reason why somebody would sell you the vehicle that they can get more money for in the same market place. So if something sounds too good to be true, if the price is too well below market value, don't stay away. Now the next one is that if the seller appears to be operating from a business or has multiple cars for sale, they're not a private seller, folks. They are a dealer. You know, if he talks like a duck, walks like a duck, the chances are that it is a duck. So stay away from that, especially if you're thinking that you're buying this from a private seller. So, you know, I'm going to recap this quickly, folks. Um, you need to, uh, some of the things that you need to do uh, to recognize that you're dealing with a, with a curbsider here. And then I'm going to tell you, and with the help of Ken, uh, you know, some of the things that you can do to, to help yourself, to protect yourself. So very quickly, uh, is the seller the owner of the vehicle? So is the name of the person on the driver license uh, on the ownership uh, and the, uh, the plate portion of the vehicle? Uh, has the vehicle been safety and who did it? Uh, do you have the service records and they've been following the manufacturer service schedule? Has the vehicle been serviced at the brand of, of the car? So if it's a Honda, are you servicing? Was the vehicle serviced at a Honda store? There is a chance that you have the service records. Uh, has the owner had the vehicle for a significant period of time? If the vehicle is only be on for three, two or three months, it, it is a dealer. Don't make, make no mistake about it. Or the vehicle has a big problem and you don't want it anyways. Is the vehicle plated? Uh, you need to have the vehicle plated as a regular vehicle. If you see a dealer plate on the back of the car, you are about to get exposed to a snake salesperson. Um, a 
ask Nick Hoyle, salesperson, you don't want to do that. Uh, are the kilometers original? You need to ask, and they have to have the, comment- the documentation. Has the vehicle been in an accident? Has the vehicle been painted? Is it below market value? Uh, if the seller appears to be selling a bunch of different cars, we just walk away. Like, it's not a good idea. Just walk away. Now, if you must, if you must buy a vehicle from a private seller, which I strongly advise against, because I have made mistakes knowing all that I know, and I can only imagine the kind of mess that you can get yourself in when you buy a vehicle from a private seller. So, but if you must, there's a couple of things that you need to do. Number one, make sure that you get a Carfax or the used vehicle identification package from the Ministry of Transportation. You can, you can pay, I think it's like $35 or so, and you go to the ministry and they can print it, send it to you. It's a, it's a green piece of paper that tells you the story or the history of this vehicle. Or if you know anybody in a car dealership, um, come, come and see us. We can do this for you. We will provide you with a Carfax that tells you the, the history of the vehicle, whether it's um, insurance history, service history, and so on, and so on, and so on. There's a lot of information available to you right now. So if you do make a mistake, it's your choice. You're making a, a choice of making a mistake. Don't do that. Come on. Don't. Don't. Especially if you claim to be a slacker and follower of Slacker Nation. And by the way, if you're a slacker and uh, you follow the Slacker Nation, the Carrasco Show, come and see me at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, and I'll give you a t-shirt. You just need to say, I'm a slacker collecting my slacker uniform, and I'll give it to you. There's a lot of slackers out there sporting a slacker uniform, and I wish that I can one day get Ken and Ben to wear Slacker Nation attire. It's, uh, it's actually kind of cool, but uh, Send us a care package, man. We're ready to uh, to wrap the show. Listen, I, I expect to have uh, your shirt size and address on my text for the two of you <laughs> so you can actually wear uh, Slacker Nation attire for the rest of the shows. It makes me feel at home, you know. And next is that you, you need to make sure that you get an inspection on the vehicle from somebody that you trust. We all have a, a mechanic that we know, or even if you don't know a mechanic, Go, let's say that you're buying a used Nissan from, you know, Rob Brown, you know, some random person out there somewhere. And uh, you know me now, and you need to bring it to a local dealership. So, for example, if you bring a used private sale of a Nissan to an actual Nissan dealership, we're going to be able to provide you with a pretty objective look on that car to make sure that you're not making a mistake. I mean, we're going to be able to plug this vehicle into our consoles that we pay tens of thousands of dollars and is available to you to tell you if there are any significant problems with the car, if there is a problem with the, the compression of the engine, if the engine is going to fall off, if the uh, struts are not working or the tires or the brakes or whatever is wrong with the vehicle, bring it to us. We will give an inspection. You know, we'll, we'll give you an inspection and then you can decide whether it's, this is something that you want to get yourself involved with. And the next one, make sure that you get a receipt or proof of purchase from the person selling you the vehicle with a picture of the person's driver license. Now, you see, take the driver license, put them in front of the person and take a picture of the driver license with the person. Most of us right now are walking around with some of the greatest inventions ever known to humankind. It's called a smartphone. And smartphones have amazing photo capability, especially if you have an iPhone 11 or you know some of the newer stuff out there. The the pixelization, the 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 amazing resolution that you have in this picture, you're going to be able to enhance that to no end. And you will be able to see both the person selling you the car's face, the guilty face, or the driver license. And I can tell you this, folks: if they're not the owners of the vehicle, if they're doing something that is not legit. They will never let you take a picture of the face. 
Would you agree with that, Ken? Yeah, certainly. Uh, <laughs> and this is like, it just seems like a basic protection. You know, if you're not going to be allowed to take a picture of the person's driver's license, and certainly if you can't get that person in the background, then it's pretty simple. This isn't somebody you should be giving thousands of dollars to, to invest in uh, something that's going to be very important to you, a new car. So just walk away cash. if you especially aren't going cash. to be. Yeah, especially cash. Like if you want to spend your cash that way, we've talked about it before on this show. Uh, there's better ways to manage your liquid than necessarily just going and buying a big, a big purchase in cash. But if you must, and if the deal's too good, and if this is who you are and you always buy the used vehicles, make sure you get a proof of purchase and make sure you have a picture of the person's driver's license. You got to do it, folks. You need to protect yourself. This is your insurance. It's the same thing that if you're paying cash to or your general contractor and there is no way to trace that money back, take a video of them taking the cash from you. <laughs> It'll come back and help you. I'm speaking from personal experience. Uh, but it, that's a whole different conversation, <laughs> folks. You know, look, <laughs> the, uh, on the other side of the hour, we're going to have my very good friend, Faisal Baba, who is my, my personal real estate agent, and he's helped me with a bunch of uh, real estate transactions, and I trust him. I've known him for a very, very long time. And just like Money Mike comes in here, he is my personal financial advisor, and I don't trust anyone else to touch my money. I also don't trust anyone else to handle my real estate transactions. And if you are a real estate transaction orphan, if you don't have a real estate agent and you want to deal with someone that I have dealt with and I trust and I can vouch for their integrity, you may want to stay tuned on the other side of the break because he's coming to talk to us about the market. Folks, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, in my opinion. They are the absolute safest place that you can go and buy a vehicle today. It is 2021, folks. Why are you still paying commission when you buy a car? Cut it out. We'll be right back. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show and uh, broadcasting live here from TSN 1050 with my friend Ken Staben. We seem to have struck a nerve this morning because I'm already getting anonymous hate mail uh, on my email. You know, From the bad. curbsiders? Oh yeah, the curbside has already started to hate on me. You know, the uh, the, the email address is. Um, let me see here. The email address is Ketiko. You know, Q U E T I C O C A T H Cart at Gmail dot com. Ketiko Cathcart at Gmail dot com. Too bad I was roaming the AM bands and heard your condescending bull crap. <laughs> it's amazing. I thought I'd never heard your voice again. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, I can tell you this. It's amazing how many people get upset with me on the show. Uh, and if you think that trying to save people some money, if you think that trying to uh, inject a little bit of wisdom and knowledge into what we, you know, what we do here on Saturday mornings is condescending, well, okay. Good for you. Turn out. You know, that's the beauty about listening to the radio. You can always just, like, turn the dial, right? You don't have to listen to the show. But um, this show has only one purpose, folks. It is to try to save you from some headaches, try to save you from some, from some heartache. It's try to save you from making a mistake. And if you feel that that's condescending, you know, let's have a conversation. I, I'm, I'm open to have that conversation. But this is all information that is readily available to you that will potentially help you make a better decision. Would you agree with that, Ken? 
Yeah, certainly. And uh, condescending baloney is one of the funnier things that I've heard this morning. And to be honest, like, I don't think that any of this is should be really surprising information. I don't know who would be upset about talking about curbsiding practice unless, of course, you were trying to, you know, sell people, sell cars uh, in this manner on the used vehicle market. Uh, like, I'm, I'm surprised that people would be offended by this information, but then again, if there's one thing that we've learned, uh, should never be surprised because somebody's always going to be offended. It's difficult to make um, everybody unanimously happy. And, and to be perfectly honest with you, if, if some people are getting upset about me providing the consumer with these tools, job well done. I, um, this is all we do here. You have a set of tools that... I have acquired over the last three decades and I'm passing along. I am bestowing these tools to you. So you don't have to. So you don't have to learn through your own experience. You see, smart people don't learn through their own experience. They learn from somebody else's. So, you know, use my experiences here for you to make better decisions. And, and hopefully, if this helps you in any way, by all means, use it. And if you don't like what we say on the show, that's also good. Goodbye. Tune away. But for those people that are open-minded and want to learn a few things, you know, a thing or two about the car industry, which is all around us, you know, just look outside your window and you're going to see cars parked. You know, at some point, that car buying decision was made by somebody. And that was a good decision or a bad decision. And you are the ones who decides what a good or bad decision is. And if this show helps you make a better one, why not the same thing that happens with real estate, you know, wherever you happen to be living in right now, it was either a good decision or a bad decision. Whether you're going to sell that house that you're living in right now and move to something bigger or smaller, it's a good decision or a bad decision. And um, so I try to arm myself with experts, with people that know more about things than I do. And uh, when it comes to money, I have my beloved money mike and when it comes to real estate i have my should i say beloved Faisal? my beloved Faisal. Okay. <laughs> you'll take it no <laughs> oh great that's, that's awesome good morning Faisal. how are you good morning how you doing uh i'm okay i'm still struggling with a construction project that i started months ago it seems and um you know, I don't seem to be getting anywhere. There's some progress that's being made, but God damn, I, uh, it's, it's unreal how much I know about dealing with contractors and uh, renovations and whatnot. I, I could honestly hold that, uh, 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 a seminar on what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that happens it, sometimes. It, it, it does happen, and, uh, you know, I... Um, you think that you know what you're doing until life just completely proves you wrong. And, and at that point, you need to come to the realization that perhaps you should have asked for help. And uh, as guys, we always have that problem, Faisal. We, we seem to be indoctrinated into not appearing weak, into faking that we know, into sucking it up with stoicism and just like, you know, just endure it. Don't tell anybody about your troubles and tribulations. And in the process, you can just mess yourself up in ways that you don't even imagine. In, in buying or selling a house or, you know, doing, getting into real estate or construction or, or projects for that matter. Um, there are so many things that we don't know that is pretty scary out there. Like, for example, what is happening in the marketplace? Because I keep hearing things. I keep hearing things in the news, although I, I try to stay away from 
traditional media, uh, I keep hearing that the market slowing down, that there aren't very many transactions taking place, and uh, is this the right thing? Uh, is this the right market? What are you supposed to do? What's going on in the marketplace, Faisal? Well, uh, you know, it's been really, really hot. Um, volume is down, and for some people that uh, they misinterpret the news, the news that they hear or the headlines that they see. Volume being down doesn't mean that prices are going down. What it means is um, the number of transactions in May were lower than the two years ago because we can't look at May of 2020 because that was a weird month. But um, the reason why the volume is down is because the inventory is down. Normally we would have six, seven, eight months worth of uh, properties out there for sale, but now we're like down to two or three months worth of properties. So there's less houses for sale. Some buyers are sitting it out and waiting, so the number of transactions went down. But uh, the prices are still going up every month. And so I guess this is similar to what's happening in the car industry then because uh, I can tell you this, that the transactional price in the car industry has actually gone up because there is less inventory available. So even though it may appear that the industry is slowing down, it's actually not. It's going up from a, uh, from a profitability and transactional standpoint. Is, 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 is that an accurate correlation there? Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, right now uh, because you guys can't get cars, uh, you have to take your profit on what you have in inventory, right? If there's um, mm. only 100 houses for sale and there's 1,000 buyers, the price is going to go pretty high. So what, when it comes to houses, what does that mean to the house prices? Uh, because if, if the inventory now, uh, would you say that now is a seller's market still? Yeah, still a seller's market. We've had a seller's market for the longest time, especially in the city of Toronto, obviously in the GTA in southern Ontario. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's still a seller's market. If the sellers aren't being greedy, they're still getting really good top dollar for their property, higher than, you know, six months ago, higher than a year ago, higher than two years ago. And it's just, it's not as, uh, the pace of uh, price increases is not as crazy as it was six months ago, but it's still increasing. Uh-huh. It's still increasing, so which means that the, the, do you think the prices will continue to go up for the foreseeable future? And uh, you know, and what does that mean to me if I'm looking at selling my house and then buying something else? Well, obviously, when you're looking to sell and buy, it's a double-edged sword because you're hoping to get the best price for your place that you're selling, but then you still got to buy, right? So you're you're still going to pay top dollar for what you're buying unless you're downsizing or moving out of the city or something like that. Uh, yeah. Prices are going up. They, everybody's predicting that prices will continue to rise over the next uh, 12 to 18 months, uh, with nobody really giving any real insight beyond that because this market is crazy. 2020 was an unbelievable year. Nobody expected the real estate market to do what it did. So I think a lot of the experts are saying, hey, I, I'm not that much of an expert. I'm just going to wait and see. What, what happened in 2020? Oh, you know, we had this little thing, this little virus thing that went around. I don't know if you heard about it. <laughs> oh, thank you, Faisal. You know, I had people calling me in January, February of last year when COVID first started making the news, and they were telling me, okay, when the market collapses, I want you to find me a house in this neighborhood. And I looked at them, and I said, you know, that's not going to happen. Not that I was, uh, you know, uh, Nostradamus or whatever. <clears throat> I just didn't see market collapsing. I thought maybe, you know, we might have a 
a temporary freeze in pricing pieces, but Jesus, what happened last year was just unbelievable. Um, you know, I people who bought last summer, their houses are worth thirty percent more now. Right? That's un, think about that thirty percent. Wow. So, all right. Let's say that you know prices continue to rise, volume of houses continues to decline. Um, I'm looking at buying a house. What do I do? Do I stay in the city? Do I go out of the city? Do what? What do you have available right now? Because I know that uh, uh, you have a bunch of properties right now that you have listed. Now, if folks, if you want to deal with my real estate agent directly, you can send them an email at info at mikasaagent.com. That is info at mikasaagent.com, or you can call them directly at 416-399-4227, 416-399-4227. And for those folks that are listening to the podcast, uh, this is, uh, this is my real estate agent, uh, that is his direct cell phone number. So you can just call him out at any time and he'll, he'll talk to you. Not right now because we're live on the radio, but, uh, you know, if you're listening to the podcast right now, you can call him at any point and he will help you out. Um, he's probably one of the most honest humans that I know. And, uh, on that basis alone, I feel super confident in, uh, him looking after your real estate transactions. So what, what do you do if, you, if you're in that position and what do you have available right now? If you're looking, if you look, want to buy, I would suggest getting in sooner than later. Because the longer you wait, the more it's going to cost you, right? So if you mm-hmm. wait six months, it's going to cost you 5% or 10% more to buy that property. That means more money down, more money land transfer taxes, you know, your mortgage payments are going to be higher. Everything just goes up. So if you can get in now, get in. Um, if you can't afford to buy right now, but know that you want to plan for something, maybe buy a pre-construction house or a condo. That's, that would be a good idea because that's a good investment. Um, I don't know if you know this, uh, Greg, but people who bought pre-con condos in 2017 saw an average of uh-huh. 30% increase in the value of those construction projects in 2020. Right? So over three years, if you bought a condo, pre-con condo for 500000 it was worth 650 last year. And now it's even worth more. Right, and you haven't even lived in it yet, and you're, you could still you could turn a nice profit on a pre-con condo if you wanted to flip it. What uh, you know, I, I I like that idea, except that if you don't move into the property, you have to pay almost fifty percent uh, tax on that capital gain. No, uh, not really. If you're doing this as a if you're constantly doing this, then CRA yeah. might deem it to be a business, right? But if you're like most okay. people, you do a one-off, it's not a business, it's a capital gain. So you pay tax on half of it, right? So for most people, that puts them at about the 30% tax rate. Let's say you made $100,000, yeah. you're only paying 15% of tax. 15000 out of 100000 right? That's not a bad, still not a bad return. You know, that's an, that's an interesting business proposition because I know a, a, a bunch of people that do this as an actual business and they invest on, on pre-construction stuff and they just sit on the money for, you know, two or three years and uh, there is a lot of money to be made in that side. But I always thought that you would you were paying almost 50% on your capital gains. No, 50% of your capital gains. So let's just let's go back to that example. $100,000 profit, right? That's your gain. Yeah. You're only paying tax on half of it. So you're only paying tax on 50000 the other 50000 okay. is tax-free. And now whatever your tax bracket is, so like I said, let's take a 30% tax bracket, you're paying $15,000 taxes 
on your fifty thousand dollar gain. The f- other fifty thousand was a tax free amount. So, so let me g- let me give you another 000. example. You you make three thousand three hundred thousand dollar profit. Uh, you will pay taxes on $150,000 on that because you only pay taxes on half of that capital gain, and then they, they will apply your tax bracket to that second half, correct? Yeah. So yeah. that so what you're saying to me, that ultimately means 25% tax. Yeah. So you're still like, on $300,000, you are still walking away at two twenty-five cash, right? Mm-hmm. So Interesting. That's, all, that's pretty good. And you didn't really do much that, <laughs> no, you really, and also, you know, the, you're not going to be able to get that kind of return on your investment. So, if if you put a hundred thousand dollars down to buy a pre-construction, they hold your money for two or three years, then you're you're making double your money back. I mean, there is no other investment that will give you that kind of money in return. Would you yeah, ag- agree with that statement? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, real estate uh, in in Canada is very solid, very safe. Um, great way to make money if, if you want to buy pre-cons or you want to just buy investment properties and rent them out, you know that on top of the fact that your renter is paying down your mortgage, the property increases in value at least 5% every year. So what, where are you going to get that, right? Yeah, you're not going to get that any, anywhere else. Now, your your website, uh, Faisal, where people can go and see what you have available for sale and uh, where people can go and hire you to help them find a property for them. What is your website? It's mikasaagent.com. M-I-C-A-S-A agent.com. Mikasaagent.com. So people can find all the inventory that you have available in that website? They can get a hold of me there. I, I actually don't have a traditional website. Uh, I don't uh-huh. want to make you register to see properties and all that stuff. This is just for you to come and see who I am, see what I've done in the past, and I'll show. You, and then you can reach out to me, and then I'll help you from there. I'm not going to make you register, make you give you my your email and your phone number in order to talk to me. So you're saying that there is a no pressure system that you apply to this, uh, you know, face yeah, of how of noble course. that is. <laughs> <laughs> I follow in the footsteps. So, <laughs> hey, listen, at some point people do realize that, uh, you know, I'm not going to try to sell them anything, that I'm just going to help you achieve your own goals. And, and that applies to my car sales career. And I, I guess you working with, with that culture for so long is translated in the way that you do business on that side. Um, and, and, and it makes me happy. I think that uh, there is a lot of, uh, I guess, trepidation and uh, uncertainty when it comes to choosing your real estate agent. And uh, again, there are a dime a dozen. They're everywhere. And you never know who is going to be the right one by you. Um, and in this case, you have somebody that has uh, some accountability here with the radio by you coming every other week and talking to us about what's happening in the marketplace. I, you know, All I want is for people to get to know you and understand that there is a safe, pressure-free alternative for your real estate needs out in the marketplace. Now, you know, some of the points that you were talking about here, Faisal, you say that investors are, are moving back into the condo market because from what I understand, after um, uh, you know, when COVID began, the, the rent prices were just plummeting. And yeah. people were able to rent places for prices that they were so low that at some point it, it wasn't even rentable. Yeah, well, actually, when, when COVID hit, then, you know, all those people who own Airbnbs were stuck with these properties not generating revenue. So they tried to um, to put them on the long-term lease market, causing lease prices to drop dramatically. And when that still wasn't covering their, their costs, they put them on the market to sell. 
which caused a dip in prices in condos last year. But um, earlier this year, prices started to come back, and they're almost back where they were a year ago before COVID took a, took a hit on the price on the market. But yeah, cause, and that's because investors are seeing an opportunity. They've seen that when we, when the market opens up again, when people can allowed to travel again, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for uh, condo uh, condo sales. Yeah, no, and I see it. I, you know, my son uh, Josh is, uh, you know, his girlfriend. Uh, her parents are, you know, investing. Instead of them paying rent someplace, they're just going to buy a condo and. And, and, and grow the equity from that perspective. Uh, and I, I think it was probably the, the, the right thing to do. So I guess I, I speak on behalf of most people that are listening to the show right now. If you are considering getting involved in the real estate, whether it's buying or selling, what should people do right now, Faisal? Should they wait because the prices are so high? No. <laughs> I don't. don't I, like, you know, some people are going to Depends on who you're, who you're following, who you're reading, who you, you take your advice from. Uh, the, the fact of the matter, the, the matter is prices continue to go up. The longer you wait, the more it's going to cost you. So, yeah, you know, a couple of months here and there is not going to make any difference. But if you wait till next year, you're looking at probably 10 or 15% more. So $800,000 house will cost you eight hundred eighty to 120000 more next year than it is today. Which means, like I said before, you have to put more cash down for your down payment. You're going to pay more in land transfer taxes. You're going to pay more in your mortgage payment, right? So if you can afford to do it, then you can take the time and find the place you need now. The longer you wait, the more it's going to cost. So what do you say to all those people that will listen to this conversation that we're having on air right now and uh, they immediately pass judgment by saying, oh, yeah, that sounds like a typical salesperson pushing people to buy something right now because that's what it sounds like. What do you say to those folks? Listen, I, you know, right, you know, I come from the car business and we always, we always push for the sale the same day, you know. If I can, you know, what, what, the, what do I need to give you today to get your, earn your business today, right? That's what that's the typical mm-hmm. car salesman, right? I don't care. Yep. You you want to buy today? You want to buy six months from now? It makes no real difference to me. That, uh, but it does make a huge difference to you. Take a look if you want. I'll show you all the all the information. Fill you fill you up with all the stats, the data. You can see what all the experts are predicting, and then you make a decision based on all the information that you should you receive, the correct information instead of you know my neighbor's son's newspaper boy told me such and such, right? Uh, yeah, that seems to happen quite a bit. And, you know, I I can speak on uh, on my own behalf. I I decided to get myself into a real estate investment project that um, that Faisal helped me back in January. And uh, I believe that the, the price of the property has already gone up close to 35% in the last five months, which is insane oh, yeah. when you really think about this. Yeah, for sure. Sorry, I think I mentioned this before. My nephews bought a, a house in Oshawa last July. Um, uh-huh. It's worth at least 25 to 30% more today. I could sell it for, the, for about 25 to 30% more than what they paid for it. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously they're not going to sell it because then they have to buy something else that's more expensive. But think about that, how much, you know, in Oshawa, 30% increase in one year. That's um that that is remarkable. And all I can tell you, folks, I mean, if you uh, if if you have kids that are 
approaching the age in which they should be looking at invest, investing in real estate. The only thing I can tell you as it pertains to that side of my life is that the best time for me to get into real estate uh, would have been when I was in my 20s. The second best time to do it is right now because it doesn't matter at what stage of my life I have looked at investing into real estate. I have never been able to make a mistake, especially in the Canadian market. It doesn't happen, um, especially in southern Ontario, which is one of the safest real estate markets in the world. Uh, I, I do understand that, uh, especially in Oakville here, the last time the markets went flat was close to 65 years ago. <laughs> so if flat is the worst you're going to do, guess what? You're in a pretty good spot right now, and if you have some monies to invest, you may want to give Faisal a phone call to help you out to make the right decision with the right location. So you can send them an email at info at mikasaagent.com. Again, info at mikasaagent.com. Or you can call them on your cell phone at 416-399-4227. Again, 416-399-4227. Now, in, in, in closing, Faisal, for, for this week, um, you know, we are all looking for an end to this crazy and constant price increases. Do you think that this will ever end? Well, the, the rapid big numbers, the double-digit uh, price increases, yeah, that has slowed down. Um, but the long-term outlook for real estate in southern Ontario is a 5% to 10% constant increase. It's never going to, unless we have a huge, major, severe economic uh, disruption, prices will continue to rise at a nice steady pace, right? It's just the way it is. Well, I uh, I was having a conversation with my buddy Greg Lalonde from uh, Blazer for Men in Oakville, which is where I buy my clothes, and they... They treat me nice. They're awesome customer service. And he was talking about something that uh, I had never heard before. It's called the Roaring Twenties. Uh, have you ever heard of that, uh, Faisal? Yeah, yeah. I, um, well, uh, for those of you that, um, that haven't heard what that is, after the, uh, the 1918 pandemic of the, um, what was it called, the Spanish flu? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can say that because that's considered to be you know, racist or xenophobic or whatever. You know, the, the flu pandemic in 1918, uh, the, uh, the world went into chaos for a couple of years. But then what happened is that uh, the economy had one of the largest, longest lasting and biggest spike growth spikes in the history of the planet. So the 1920s uh, is where a lot of the real estate and wealth was generated that carried out for the remaining 80 years in the, at the end of the 20th century. And uh, there was a lot of uh, economic predictors that are having the same prediction for this 20s. And uh, once the economy opens back up, which I'm going to talk about after we finish talking to you, Faisal, uh, you may want to be buying now before the prices really start skyrocketing as they did in the 1920s. Uh, Faisal, uh, once again, thank you so much for taking the time and um, in a Sunday morning. And I know that uh, you normally do nothing on Sunday. So <laughs> I, I thank you for, for joining the Carrasco show, show here with Slacker Nation. And uh, um, thank you for sharing your wisdom when it comes to the real estate market. And uh, you know, where can people find you, Faisal? Uh, 416-399-4227 or info at mikasaagent.com, mikasaagent.com. We love you, Faisal. You have a good rest of the Sunday. And, uh, folks, we're going to take a small break. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no-commission salespeople. And for the month of 
June, you can get what, in my opinion, is the sexiest mid-sized luxury SUV in the market right now, the Infiniti QX50, for only $4.99 a month plus tax with $29.99 down on a 27-month lease. That is less than just about every single one of the competitors. And remember that Oakville Drives Infinity will be right back after the break. You are listening to The Greg Carrasco Show, Canada's largest automotive radio show with my friend Ken Stapen here on TSN 1050. We just had Faisal on air. He's my real estate agent, and uh, he protects me against bad decisions when it comes to buying and selling properties, and I need a lot of protection. I'm like a crab without a shell. It's like a mushy organism that everything gets to me. So I need people like Faisal and, and Mike to keep me away from danger. And actually, my therapist, my therapist does a pretty good job. You know, I got an email last week uh, from one of the slackers that listens to the show and says that, uh, you know, Greg, I really appreciate the fact that uh, that you're willing to talk so openly about seeing a therapist. You know, perhaps one of those weeks you should um, skip one hour of car talk and uh, you should have your therapist on to talk about mental health during this terrifying year of covid and I thought that's a, that's a pretty good idea. So, unfortunately, most therapists don't really want to talk on air. So, I'll, I'll talk to <laughs> I'll talk to my buddy and see see what he wants to do. Uh, have you ever seen a therapist, Ken? Yeah, I have um, for sure. Like when I was uh, a little bit younger in my early twenties, I think uh, I was lacking a lot of clarity for what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go. It could be a, a really difficult time trying to understand. Where, what the next step is to be moving forward in your life. And uh, I ended up ultimately like getting a little bit depressed and ended up going to see a therapist and ultimately was able to pull myself out of it. But there's no shame in it. I think that the importance of understanding and taking care of your mental health is something that we certainly put a lot of emphasis on today. And I would definitely encourage people, for, based off my experience, to feel good about going to that acknowledging that it's okay to get help. And I think that you talking about openly on air can be very uh, useful for that as well. I, I, I think so. There is this crazy stigma, Ken. Uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with the male indoctrination into stoicism and justify stoicism at an early age. I think that this past year has been unusually tough on everyone. I mean, but I can only speak from my perspective because I am a male. And um, this past year has been tough on, on males. And I'm really bummed out that I'm not going to have a show uh, during the weekend of the most underrated holiday. Or it's not even a holiday. They should make it a holiday. Um, the most underrated celebration that we have every single year the most underrated celebration that we have every single year. What yeah, do you think that? that is? It's Father's well, Day. You think Father's Day is underrated? It's severely underrated. I don't think that, you know, we, I think a lot of the problems of our society today is because we don't have, it, we don't have enough dads around. And uh, I think that uh, male have been shamed into not being males. And uh, I think that it's one of the most thankless jobs that is out there, you know, when, when dads are out there fighting the walls, uh, no one gives them credit to do anything. And I think that um, I, I clearly sense your 
disagreement from you, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm not. I'm not sure that uh, as as in general as a society that men are underappreciated or undervalued. In fact, I think I'd argue the opposite that they do get a lot of uh, just inherent uh, credits just based off the facts that they're being uh, men. Why do we? Why do we argue? Let's argue about that. You know, we don't hey. argue very often. People think that we agree way too much. Yeah. Hey, listen. Like, I, uh, I think that being like uh, a male in contemporary society gives you a lot of advantages that the opposite sex like doesn't what? necessarily have. Like, well, well like for what? example, well, for example, look at uh, just the basic income equality for a man versus a woman. That's not true. Job. It is true. That is look not at, true. You, it's not true, Ken. You know, it is number one, and the number one reason why that's not true is because it is illegal. <laughs> it is illegal. There, there are numerous studies that suggest that women in the same jobs as men traditionally make less money. It is illegal in North America to pay less to a woman than it is to pay them as a male simply on the basis of sex. It is illegal. You know, okay, I, so, I have so, 100 so, people that work for me. So let me throw a stat at you then. In Ontario, the highest 10% of women still make 37% less than the highest paid 10% of men at that level. So you can either yes, say that you, that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a, it's a pure statistic. So why would there be can, that sort of you, discrepancy you know, there? Ken, it's because you, you're not taking other divisions or other factors into consideration. You're not okay, taking where the, the other jobs. Factors? What jobs are we talking about? Well, uh, also, but then but if you jobs. want to talk, yeah, but if you want to talk about those sorts of jobs, then why is there not an equally equal amount of women that have the opportunity to hold those same sorts of jobs? Like they, see, there should there shouldn't if, be any you, reason that there's that big of a discrepancy unless there is there inherently there an should, advantage for being one sex or the other. No, that's not true. You see, if you look at uh, the the Nordic societies in which you will not find any more egalitarian societies than those ones, you will find that the actual tendency that people, it, the men and females have of occupying certain jobs, is it's got a lot more to do with preferences than it's got to do with income, uh, income, income disparities promoted by the actual companies that they're working for. So no, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever, Ken. And I think that you know, we, it's a very simplistic way of looking at. And no, I don't believe that that is a thing. That's fair. That we we can agree to disagree. I'm just saying that, like, looking at the statistical evidence, and also if you want to bring in like the Nordic Scandinavian countries, I don't feel like those are necessarily a definitive comparison for North American society because they have more so, uh, socialist but, ideals. Okay, would you would you agree with me? Well, yeah, they are socialist ideals, and that we all know that you know socialism is great in theory, but it's never been exercised in any way, shape, or form in a credible way across the planet. And everybody tells me, oh, that was not the right version of socialism. No, I'm sorry, man. At some point, you know, there isn't a right version of socialism. Well, it seems uh, to work well you know, in Sweden, I'm, Finland, and Denmark, the, the countries that you were citing. They have very high GDP, they have very high education rates, and it's overall, like, the quality of life is always ranked very highly. Those are not socialist countries. In fact, they have probably better and, and wider open markets than they have here in Canada. So it's a, it's a highly capitalist society, and in what the, the taxation system they have is, is beneficial for the, for the actual population as a whole, but they're very, very highly productive capitalist societies. Now, the, the social programs are far more effective. Now, you're comparing a, a, you know, a nation of 30 million people to nations that have 5 million people. People, like for example Finland they have 5 million people that is less than you have in the GTA you know how much easier it is to have a rich country to produce enough social services to support a 5 million people population but as you get wider and, and, and 
a larger as, as a nation, it is far more difficult to have this. Look at it. Look at it, China, for example. You know, the only time that China has been able to achieve any level of prosperity now, although the levels of poverty in China are still, you know, astronomical, is when they opened up the markets. So, I, I, I really don't understand the that whole concept. Now, as per Father's Day, which is what seems to have got you crank there, Ken, I, and I really appreciate it. Hey, listen, that. I, I, it I don't me, want to take it anything makes me, away. It makes me happy. <laughs> I don't want to take anything away from the dads either. Dads deserve all the credit in the world. I just think it's... They if do? We're going to, if we're going to be... Yeah, they do deserve credit, but I don't think that they mm -hmm. inherently deserve like more credit and necessarily than the mothers. I think that they deserve equal recognition. I also don't think that Father's Day is a holiday necessarily that's not given the credit that's due. That's all I'm saying. It, yeah, it, I, I completely disagree with you. I don't think it's ever been easier to be an actual male than it is in, in our society today because uh, th those very traits that brought us to where we are today are being vilified with, you know, with a narrative that you know, appeals to a, a very small segment of the population. And unfortunately, uh, you know, being a male today is, is not an advantage anymore. On the contrary, I think it is it's some sort of a deficiency. And if you have children and you have boys, uh, you, you need to see that there is a big problem that's taking place. Uh, and this is turned into an actual yeah, <laughs> social political discussion here that uh, uh, may get us down a rabbit hole that may not be conducive to, um, to, you know, to, the, um, to the life of this show, uh, if you know what I'm saying. Because um, you know, those, these opinions that we're discussing here are not popular. They don't fall within the victimization and narrative of today's society. You know, everybody's been victimized. And uh, <laughs> unfortunately, everybody thinks that society's been victimized by the white male. And I don't, I don't happen to subscribe to that ideology. I'm not white. I am a male. And I'm not white. So I, I think that there is a lot of you know, guilt here that you guys are being forced to feel, and it's, it's not something that is conducive to an actual honest discussion. Listen, I, I'm all about being inclusive more than exclusive, so I don't want to exclude any group. And you know, there are certain plights for different groups that people are going to experience differently than other people. But all I'm suggesting is that we have to be objective, and when we look objectively at the advantages from one group to another, there are certain statistics that cannot be overlooked. And I do, and although I do give credit to but fathers, what, what I, makes I, you I, think, I love Father's okay, Day. Okay, hold on a second, hold on a second. What makes you think that, you know, celebrating Father's Day for what it is takes away in any way, shape, or form from Mother's Day? You know, you know some I'm not, recognition I'm not for, for I'm some not is not either. the lack of recognition. That's what you said. Well, I'm suggesting that I don't think that Father's Day is overlooked. And if we're going to suggest that Father's Day is overlooked, then you could make the same argument for Mother's Day. Uh, the exact actually, same not argument. really. <laughs> okay. Oh, no. yeah. No, you can't. No. Okay, enlighten me. <laughs> no, no, not really. Not really. Sorry, man. If you if you think that uh, society is skewed towards male these days, you clearly have never gone through divorce court, man. And I think that life hasn't even begun to take a couple of rounds on you to realize how tilted the other way society truly, genuinely is. And uh, unfortunately, you see, because the you you you're not and look I, the only thing that i have on this conversation is just practical life experience that is not there yet and i hope that you never have to go through that and i mean that because uh you know number one just because you're a male you're the worst parent immediately that is decided by the courts number <laughs> number two you don't get custody period <laughs> that's not the way it works and uh, i i think that 
you know, you were missing the point of this conversation. All I'm saying to you is that I, I'm bummed out to not be on air the weekend of Father's Day because I do believe that I, you know, me having grown up without one, I understand the value and the significance of having a man in everybody's life. And I don't think that we encourage that enough. I don't think that we are leading in a society that is conducive for men to live up to the role, to live up to the ideals of being uh, you know, an honorable person and stay. <laughs> uh, now it's too easy not to. And uh, you know, I wanted to talk about those ones who decided to stay, those ones who decided to live up to those ideals. And uh, they are looking out for their offspring and their wives, and they believe in equal partnership within, you know, the relationship or within the institution of marriage. And uh, I think that uh, they need to. That needs to be recognized. Uh, we uh, we celebrate moms. This has got nothing to do with the value that women bring into the equation. No, absolutely not, man. I grew up out of a single mom. She left too. <laughs> So I, I kind of reconnected with her in my 20s. So, you know, having felt the absence of both, I think that I also recognize the importance of having both roles within our lives. And uh, I, I think that we should probably take a small break before we get any farther <laughs> down the line quick, on this quick, one. Quick reset Folks, for the end of the show here. <laughs> this is supposed to be a car show. And uh, don't forget that the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan. In Oakville Infinity, home of the no commercial salespeople. We'll be right back after the break. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show with my um, often friend, not always friend, but often <laughs> friend, Ken Stapen. <laughs> yeah, let me guess. Do you take uh, you know social studies in university and women's studies and critical race theory? I'm just curious. Listen, I'm just uh, I, I am versed uh, in uh, no, U.S. No, it was an honest I question. I'm not no, being no, facetious. No, no, I am versed in U.S. history, and like for the most part, um, like it was uh, U.S. history and then philosophy. So no, I didn't take any classes that necessarily pertains to that. But I do think it's an important dialogue to have, and I'm always happy to uh, have these debates with you, whether it be on uh, Saturday morning, Sunday morning, <laughs> whatever it is that we're on the air. <laughs> I just wanted to touch on a part that we talked about earlier on the show um, about it yep. being an important day, and it is D-Day. Obviously, May 2-4 weekend in the states uh, they don't have that holiday they have memorial day following the ends of may it's important to remember my grandfather was a pilot in the rcf he fought in world war ii he was shot down in holland and ultimately um, was saved by a, a dutch farmer and his wife it's so i just wanted to give a big thank you to all the veterans out there greg i know that you're a veteran as well thank you for your service it's important to remember the people that gave the ultimate sacrifice so that we can have the freedoms in the life that we have now uh, you are absolutely right, and we, um, we you know, we touched uh, very early on the show today, and uh, this is uh, to all the people in the Canadian Armed Forces, and to all the veterans out there, to all those males and females that fought for what we have today, the Carrasco Show, we salute you, we are humbled by you, and we recognize that the only reason why they have we have the ability to have these discussions right now, openly on air, whether we agree or disagree with whatever side of the, uh, the social political uh, spectrum you you fall in, is because of the sacrifices that you folks made. We love you. We thank you. So, uh, for those of you that uh, lost somebody or have somebody in the uh, in the Canadian Armed Forces, um, you know, I hope you have a very very special special day. Um, 
You had a question. We had a phone call there from uh, somebody that didn't want to stay on air. Uh, can you, uh, yeah. Ben, do you have the question? Yes, I do. So Sam called in, didn't want to come on the air, but that's okay. Uh, he wanted to ask you, Greg, if you knew anything about when we might see the new uh, 2022 Nissan Frontier in showrooms and what the pricing might look like. You know, you know I don't. I don't. I know that uh, they're scheduled to release it at some point. Uh, late this year or early next year, uh, we've seen the pictures. It's absolutely stunning, uh, but uh, the pricing uh, matrix does not get released until the vehicle is almost a dealership showroom. Uh, I don't think that it's going to be too far off from the old uh, Frontier. So normally they, they they like to stay within the same range as the uh, the as, as the pre- previous product was because they don't want to price themselves out of the marketplace. But uh, uh, I think that the Frontiers are very well loved, liked, and one of the most reliable uh, compact. I, yeah, it is a compact pickup pickup truck, and it's been around for a very long time. A very little known fact is that Nissan started to uh, create pickup trucks. Um, it's one of the first Japanese car manufacturers that ever came up with the pickup trucks back in the 50s uh, is when they started to build small pickup trucks. And uh, when I started selling vehicles, the first vehicle that I sold was a 1992 Nissan Hustler, uh, which was the, um, the the previous iteration of the Frontier. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I, I, I'm I remember looking that up first the pictures sale, of the Nissan Hustler right now. Yeah, the uh, the name of the client was Gerard Bastaracci. He was my first customer. He bought a red Nissan Hustler stick. Uh, he was an old French guy. Uh, he was my first customer. So the first every vehicle that I saw was a pickup truck. Uh, I'm looking forward to have one. I think that I'm going to probably drive one. Uh, I like the way it looks, um, but um, I think that um, it's not soon enough. And I hope that Nissan Canada brings it out very, very, very soon. Um, we only have a couple of minutes left in the show, folks. And uh, look, the um, um, there was somebody that's going at me on the on, on on email in relation to what I do and what I talk about on the radio. Uh, I'm going to talk about it next time that we are on air. But uh, uh, what I can tell you is this: you can reach me if you have a comment on the show. You can reach me Greg at gregcarrasco.com. Greg at gregcarrasco.com. Uh, you can find that on my website. You can reach me. I'm easy to find. Uh, if you have something to discuss, just reach out to me. I'll I'll try to respond. Uh, in the meantime, if you need any help buying or selling a vehicle, new or used, and you want to find the absolute safest environment for you to buy a vehicle, come and see me wherever I happen to be at. You know, yes, I have changed jobs like most people that have career progression do. And I do support the brands that I sell because I recognize that most car manufacturers make really good product. And, uh, you know, I don't think of myself as more intelligent than the regular population, but I do know that I have a lot more knowledge within this industry than most. And that I choose to share. Now, if that makes you uncomfortable, that's your problem. Either way, you can come and see me directly at Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, one of the safest environments to buy a vehicle in the country, because you know why? There is something happening there at OakvilleNissan.com. Something's happening here.